All right. Welcome, everyone, to another live episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. Thank you very much for joining us. If you are watching us live on LinkedIn, uh, boy, if you're in Seattle, you need to go outside. Like This is available on demand. It's going to be a great episode, but we are in the midst of just a brilliant week. Um, I got a little time this afternoon. I'm going to get outside, enjoy some sun, see if I can sunburn my head. It'll be fun. But if you're joining us live, thank you very much for doing so on LinkedIn. If you have any questions for our guests today, welcome those in the comments as well. We'll try to get as many of those as we can. If you're watching or listening on demand, thanks for checking us out. Uh, we, as you know, now have a new format. We used to do this audio only. Uh, on demand on Funnel Media Radio Network. Uh, we are now doing this live uh, every week, 1130, East, 1130 Pacific, 230 Eastern. And every episode of Sales Pipeline Radio uh, from back 280 episodes plus available at salespipelineradio.com. We're featuring every week some of the best and brightest minds in uh, sales and marketing today. Absolutely. You know, have the CEO of Scratchpad. Very excited to have Puyan Salehi. Puyan, so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Matt. I appreciate it. So we were we were complaining about homework right before we got started. I was complaining about homework. So before we came on the air here, I was upstairs helping uh, my two elementary school sons on their homework. And my my ten year old in fourth grade, he just he gets math pretty well, and he hates having to show his work. And we were talking about sort of like doing the work versus showing the work, and that's actually an interesting analogy for what. A lot of sales reps have to do right is you go and you do your selling efforts whether you're in the field or online but there is so much work and time wasted time that goes into having to record that in a system talk a little bit about kind of what you see as the drag for salespeople and why that kind of sort of the origin of where scratchpad came to be yeah and I actually i can't take credit for that because i learned it from a an account executive I was talking to a very successful one been in sales for gosh I want to say at least 15 years and he said you know the worst part of my job is is not like I, I love my job I'm great at it I've been doing it a long time and my team knows but the worst part is not only you know I, I have the conversations uh, I have my quota I crush it all the time but then I have to do work to show the work that I did and that stuck with me Mm -hmm. And digging into it more, I was like, yep, show, you pulled up his calendar and sure enough, every day on the calendar, either in the morning or, or at the end of the day, and sometimes both, time was blocked off to update next steps, update methodology, like all the things that the management team needed and also operations and the organization needed. And for right reason, right? You, you need that information to make better forecasts and do data-driven sales, mm -hmm. but that that the way he described it just really really stuck with me um yeah. and that's a lot of what i guess we can go into it, but what what folks use scratchpad for is just to reduce that drag and it's the work that you're doing but you're able to do it in real time um really at the speed of thought as, as what some you know i learned from somebody else as well that as thoughts come up to you you're able to just execute on them instead of you know go to another tab wait for something to load go back and forth between a bunch of systems right well, we did a little research. Uh, we've been doing sort of sales enablement research for years. And one of the first, you know, surveys we did, we asked people in sales, you know, what are the biggest time wasters? You know, what are the things that keep you from spending more time actively selling? And the number one by far was time in CRM. And it wasn't yeah. just sort of showing the work. It was also, you know, someone on the finance team said, we'd love to track X. And whether or not they actually look at that report anymore, the sales reps are still asked to do those things. And if, yeah. you, I'm sorry, if you haven't sat down with your sales team and, you know, it's harder now, right? But if you sit down with your sales team and watch 
what it takes to get to the next call. Like if you watch how many your startups actually have to spend, like you get a sense for like why they're not making more calls, like why their active selling time is so low. Talk a little bit about are there some primary yeah. culprits within Salesforce, primary things that are sort of categories that people should be looking out for? Yeah, there's the gosh, there's so much to unpack there, but you, you said it uh, really well. It usually, I think it comes from a good place and it usually starts with something very small as somebody in finance, somebody in operations, somebody in leadership saying, huh, it'd be nice to track that. Now, whether they actually look at it or make any decisions on it, a whole nother story, but let's say they do, that then goes through this whole flow, ops puts a field in, adds validation rules, maybe makes it required, updates a page layout, but very few organizations we've worked with or talked to actually sit down with the reps like you described and understand how are you working? What what does adding one more field or one more required field or validation rule do to your workflow? And what happens is you end up with this Frankenstein system. And usually there's multiple ops teams that come in and take over and no one bothers cleaning up the old stuff. So they just add on top of the, the old stuff. So the, the system, the company needs this information, but what ends up happening is the frontline sellers are the ones that take all the burden because they're the ones that have to deal with it. And no one is really sitting there and trying to understand that. And that's why you get this, you know, I, I feel like there is this um, tension because the company needs the data to be able to make decisions and, and forecast. The reps need time to sell so they can hit quota. But if you want that data, the tools at the disposal are required fields, validation rules, page layouts, long training programs. Well, guess what? That's where it, it takes away from selling time to get that data. And most reps then end up saying, you know what? Like, this is just too much. I'm just gonna work out of a notebook. I'm gonna work out of my own Google Sheet or Excel file. I've got my own task system. And then, you know, again, that burden either cuts into family time, it cuts into personal time or selling time, which is blocking time off on the calendar to update Salesforce. And that's just something that we have seen in almost every single sales organization that we have encountered. And that's like in the thousands now. You know, oftentimes when we ask our reps to do all these steps in Salesforce, like we consider those that don't do it rogue reps. Well, actually, the rogue reps might be your most successful reps if you just let them sell. Right. If, yeah. I mean, they're the ones that are trying like they're not using the notepad because they don't want to use Salesforce. They're trying to be more efficient. They're trying to make themselves more money by making you more money. And so yeah. if they're not doing it, that should be a sign that something is wrong. We're, we're our guest today on Sales Pipeline Radio again, Puyan Salehi. He's the CEO and co-founder of Scratchpad. And I think actually, Puyan, I think that the, the problem is more fundamental to this. Like Salesforce was never really built as a sales rep tool. It is a great management tool. It is a great database, but it is a pretty poor tool for an individual sales rep to go in and use. Talk about some of, look, yeah. I mean, this is not a really a dig on Salesforce. It's just, what are some of the challenges that it inherently has and why is it necessary to have a separate interface that helps make those reps more successful? Yeah, and that actually talks about, that That goes to the heart of why we started Scratchpad because I'll be honest, there was, you know, if you look at the sales tech space, there is like tool fatigue all over the place. It's like yet another tool, tools all over the place. And what we saw though is most folks aren't, you know, and there's a graveyard of companies that try to solve these problems but never get there. And, and the challenge is, they're never really aimed at the rep themselves. They're always built for managers or leaders. And Salesforce gets a lot of, it gets a pretty bad rap because I, I just think it's misunderstood. It's it's a wonderful database and I think it's it's needed for the organization, 
But as you said, I don't think it was designed as the place for reps to act, to do their work. Mm-hmm. And that's why you see, and this is what we saw that, that put us down this path was in almost every organization you have Salesforce, you'll have an email tool, you have a call tool, a call recording tool, but the, the place that reps actually do their work is not Salesforce. It's mm-hmm. Evernote or Mac notes or paper notebooks. It's spreadsheets for managing pipe and account planning. It's task managers, which are all over the place. That collectively makes up what we call the salesperson's workspace. Mm-hmm. It exists and people do it because it's fast. It helps them spend more time with customers. But then that data never gets into Salesforce unless you go back and meticulously you know, copy and paste. And usually by that time, the data, like you may forget, not all of it gets carried over. But that's when we step back and say, gosh, like, why doesn't that exist? You know, if you look at the if I'm drawing an analogy here, right, like the best crafts have their own optimized workspace. If you're a chef, you've got a kitchen optimized for your craft. If you're a woodworker, you've got a shop. If you're an artist, you have a studio. And we viewed sales as a craft and said, well, why? Why doesn't that exist? And if you separate the database from the place where you do the work and that's what put us down this path for Scratchpad, which is you know, in a way, setting a new standard. And we're hearing feedback from account executives all over that this is like truly impacted how they work. Um, and in some cases, even even their personal lives by, you know, I don't need to block off an hour every day to update Salesforce. I'm able to go, you know, get get healthy, spend some time exercising or be home in time to have dinner with uh, with my kids. Uh, and, and that impact has been really, really profound to, to hear. Talk about the impact and importance of design on the workflow here. I mean, for yeah. anyone that has seen Scratchpad, um, it's it's not going to be a surprise to hear that you actually were at Apple for a period of time and that you worked on the displays of the iPhone and the and the iPad or iPod at the time. Um, mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about how important it is for from an interface from a design standpoint to make this useful for a sales rep to get through that work and to get back to work. Yeah. Um... That honestly is the hardest part because in sales, every, you know, there's a lot of strong personalities and different personality types in sales. And and the way way that manifests itself is everyone works differently. Some people are very meticulous note takers. Others like me, you know, I just write bullet points here and there where if you read my notes, it may not make sense. Others work out of spreadsheets. Others are very detailed at tasks and others aren't. And so for anyone building a product in sales, one of the biggest challenges is you have to be flexible enough at the user interface level uh, so that it can accommodate all these different ways of working, but at the same time, be structured enough where the data is getting back to you know the operations team and, and the systems in a way that, that makes sense. So that's that honestly is a, is a challenge that we're still continuing to solve every single day. Fortunately, it's something that I have a, I love, I love those types of problems. My co-founder loves it. Our entire team loves it. And so we gravitate towards this. And in terms of simplifying, I mean, one of our core values at the company is, is simplicity. And so we not only try to apply that to the product itself, but how you engage in the product. Uh, we probably spent the first three months just understanding how we can get an AE to sign up and start experiencing the value of Scratchpad in under a minute. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you know, it, we, it took a lot of iteration, iterations, but we got to that point and we have that now, but that was part of the experience because most folks don't, aren't out there being like, ah, I'm really excited to go try some new tools. It's like, no, I've got, I got to focus on my deals. I got to get my quota. Um, right. So how can we reduce that barrier? Um, but yeah, design is, is an absolute must have um, in terms of the thought process in, in terms of what we do here. I love that you describe it as both critical, but also 
right? Because I mean, design, I think for a lot of people can feel kind of subjective. How do you just, how do you decide or determine like what is the best design? Does it take a lot of sort of user experience testing? Do you know, how do you, you know, in a modern environment, you know, what are the best ways to, to lock down on a design that is both, that is, that is functional, efficient and sort of your control moving forward? Yeah, it's interesting. So we're, we're actually expanding the team quite a bit and we've been interviewing a lot of designers. So I have some, some experience with this. Up until now, it's mostly been me, my co-founder um, and our team. We have a designer on our team that helps a lot as well. How many designers we've talked to that simply don't talk to users? And I, I guess we take that for granted because it's something we obsess over. I'm, I'm personally on probably three to four customer calls a day still. Uh, and, I, and I hope that that continues. But what we've learned is, and we ha- we come up with a lot of ideas, right? As, as founders, as, as product folks, as engineers, on what would be cool, what where could we push the envelope from a technical perspective, mm-hmm. and what what we and we've made this mistake. We've built stuff around that that just ultimately didn't end up getting used or didn't have that big of an impact. What we do then is we critically challenge that with how do people work today? What are their existing behaviors? What what is it that would be impactful to them? And start with that. And sometimes you end up with an answer that's very different than what might be cool or pushing the envelope or some crazy new technology that that could be introduced in it, even though it would sound cool on, on paper or if we actually built it, it's not going to fit with how people work or how, how people live. And so we always start with that first. So sales engagement, a sales acceleration tool like this, I mean, obviously has a direct impact on sellers, their ability to be efficient. Why should CMOs prioritize this? Why should a marketing department or a marketing leader sort of evangelize and prioritize a tool like this? What's the what's sort of the pitch and, and benefit for them? Yeah, so for us, it's not really marketing, although that um, that's starting to pick up a little bit more. For us, it's much more on the sales. It's the CRO the sales leadership side, because on, on the sales engagement side, you have, you know, you've got the outreaches and sales lofting. Even my last company, Persist IQ, that was much more on that on generating pipeline. But the the biggest impact, the reason why a CRO or any sales leader should care is ultimately with Scratchpad, you're getting higher quota attainment per rep. And that simply comes from more time in market. Even Salesforce has done a study on this, maybe a third. I mean, be aggressive, call it 40% of a sales rep's time is spent selling. Mm-hmm. The rest is spent on all this other stuff. And even then, even then, if you, if with, with the time that they're spending on data entry, I would bet you, you talk to most CROs and you ask them, do you feel like you have the right information in Salesforce? Do you have the data you need to make accurate forecasts? And I'll bet you most will say no. And, and that's with already 60% of the time not spent on selling. And Scratchpad completely changes the game there uh, because it's something so intuitive for reps to use that they're already doing it, right? We're not, I'll be honest, we're not reinventing the wheel with anything, any crazy new functionality or tool. What we did is just made it fast. We made it simple. We reduced clicks and we added a little bit of delight into it as well. So it's something people want to use instead of being forced to use. But at the same time, it's connected to the existing database. So the data problem goes away. Um, But that's ultimately it. If you're a CRO, it's just getting better visibility into your pipeline so you can make better decisions. The other really big factor that we're starting to see here, Matt, is more organizations are becoming data-driven and process-driven, implementing things like Commander the Message, Medic, MedPick, and we're seeing much higher adoption of that process because it's just made easy. When it's made easy, people will do it. If it's not easy, they won't. It's, It's really that simple. 
Got just a few more minutes here on Sales Pipeline Radio with our guest today, the CEO and co-founder of Scratchpad, Puyan Salehi. And, you know, it has the last year in the changes in work and in in some of the shifts in how people are selling and what the team looks like, where they're deployed. Has that changed any of the roadmap of what you're prioritizing in terms of building Scratchpad for the future? Yeah, a lot of, I mean, listen, everyone knows this. We all had to go remote. Yeah, I mean, we, some companies were remote from the beginning, but everyone had to get comfortable and work with that. And so, I think for a lot of the sales organizations that that we work with and talk to, it was, well, I can't just go over to the next person uh, or the person over there and say, "Hey, what's going on with this deal? What's happening with pipeline there?" So, finding a way for their revenue team to work together asynchronously, uh, but also in in a distributed fashion, is really really came to the surface. And so. By the nature of what we do at Scratchpad, we solve a lot of that, but we've we've started thinking more deliberately about, you know, are there ways that we can improve the the relationship, let's say, between an SDR and an AE, an AE and a sales engineer, the AE and the AM. So horizontally in the life cycle of a deal, but we're also starting to see a lot of managers and directors adopting Scratchpad because they're able to get better insights into the each rep's pipeline. And so instead of turning into an interrogation, it's actually turning into let me help coach you on these deals. And that's been really surprising and delightful to see. So we'll probably be, you know, we're, we're exploring some of those workflows as well. Awesome. Well, speaking of exploring, definitely check out scratchpad.com. It is, if you're an individual sales rep, you want to check it out. It's free. There's a big old add to Chrome button. Uh, you can add that and get started right away. So definitely encourage you to check that out. Uh, Puyan, thanks so much for joining us today, sharing a little bit about what's coming up uh, yeah. with Scratchpad and uh, being a part of Sales Pipeline Radio. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone for checking in today. We'll be here again next week, every week, live Thursdays at 1130 Pacific, 230 Eastern. If you like this episode, it's available now on demand on LinkedIn, and we'll have it up in the podcast feed here in a couple of days. Uh, Puyan, thanks so much. My name is Matt Hines. Thanks for watching another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. Bye.